Hello, world, and welcome to Cartridge Club Portable. I'm your host, Curtis Freisel, and this month my very special guest stars in the YouTube series Second Breakfast and is also one half of the hosting team for Cartridge Club Prime. That's right, I'm talking about Musty Friggin' Hobbit. How you doing, Musty? I'm doing great, Curtis. Thank you for, for having me on. I've, I've uh, been excited to find an opportunity to get into the CC Portable. I know. First time. It's it's good to have you here. Thanks for carving out uh, time yourself between all all your series and podcasts that you're hosting. Yeah, well, it's been a it's been a busy month with uh, with Red Dead Redemption Two, and uh, but I needed to make a point of balancing things out. So I, I appreciate you finding a game that was right in my uh, in my wheelhouse, if you will. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, and it's not too bad. I mean, Red Dead Redemption 2, that's a massive game, so I really do appreciate you finding the time to play uh, our game of the month. And it was good because it was a nice and short one. And what game are we talking about? Well, that would be God of War Ghost of Sparta for the PSP. Uh, this is actually our second PSP game for the CC Portable, the first being Patapon, which we played last November, and coincidentally was guested by the man you replaced, Musty, Player One, how do you feel about that? We 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 miss you, P One. We do miss P One, but it's good to have you here, Musty. You're you're like an upgraded P One, beard and all. There we go. You got that hair on came, top of your head back. and a nice, lush beard. I was gonna say it. It, it all came back. I, I shaved on Halloween for uh, my Alan Grant impression and. Uh, most of it is has returned nicely. So yeah. Uh, and speaking of beards, well, this game was inspired by No Shave November. Although I did, I did realize along the way after I made this decision, what game we were going to play, that I'm thinking of Kratos from the new God of War, like the Norse mythology one, where he does have a huge musty Hobbit-like beard. But in the original God of Wars, he's really only got uh, like a, a a goatee. <laughs> which isn't much facial hair at all. But nonetheless, we're plowing through. We played God of War, Ghost of Sparta. Musty, tell me, what's your history with the God of War franchise? You played the other games? I have, uh, with the exception of Ascension. Say that three times fast. Uh, I have played all of the console editions. Uh, I had never touched either of the PSP ones. So uh, this was a prime opportunity to try that. Uh, and uh, yeah, I absolutely loved the first two games. And then I, I only recently played the third one last year in preparation for the one that just came out earlier this year, uh, which uh, is, uh, without spoiling my game of the year vote, is in very close to cementing that for me at this point. This new one. This new uh, one, yeah. Oh, wow. And really, you, really good. You dug the new uh, controls and camera angle and all that stuff that, that gave people a headache? Yeah, I, I, I know some people had their their beefs with uh, certain mechanics in the game or with the uh, pace of the story, things like that. But those things all fit really well for me. I felt like it did take some learning. Uh but at its core, that game that game feels so much 
I'm saying this now, now at having completed it, right? There's so many elements of that game that you see when you look back at the original ones that were there the whole time, and maybe you just didn't realize it. And it was kind of fun going back to a game that was more aligned to the initial trilogy mm-hmm. of games uh, with this one after having played the the modern one or modern they're all modern uh after having played the most recent one uh and so it was it was nice to kind of uh remind myself what that was like and then uh be able to um oh hold on a second i have a i have a sorry curtis what's up bud i can't come to bed right now i'm sorry buddy I'm talking with somebody. I have to do this. I'll come up when I'm done, okay? No, we're in the middle of something. I'm so sorry, Curtis. <laughs> this is gold. I'm not going to be that long, I promise. We'll finish when we're finished. It's going to take longer the more you stay down here. Okay? I'll be up when I'm done, okay? What's so dark? Well, you should go up there with mom. Maybe she'll keep you in the light. No. You gotta go, dude. You have to go upstairs, please. You can't stay down here, dude. I'm sorry. You look nice in your elf jammies. Go upstairs. You want to see? You don't take it with you? Okay, go ahead. Close the door. Just close the door. So the cat doesn't come down here. Good night, buddy. Okay, go. Go. Okay. My goodness, I'm so sorry. (laughs) We may have just recorded the single greatest piece of a podcast ever. Not just Cartridge Club, like every podcast ever. And we just oh, got we're it keep, all. We're keeping it in. <laughs> that was solid gold. And spoken like a true god of war, I expected you to be like, boy, go to bed. <laughs> oh, that was that was great. We'll see, we'll see if he comes back. <laughs> I hope so. Because I feel like no matter what we do going forward, it's not going to be as good as that. So I'm sorry, audience. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, audience. You just need to prepare yourself. We're not going to recapture... That magic that we just got. <laughs> oh my goodness, wow. where were we? Where were uh, we? I was talking about the the breath of fresh air that was going back to the uh, to an older style God of War game after having played the new one. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe this game is actually eight years old? Almost nine. No, like eight. It's it's recently eight years old. Yeah, that was that was surprising. I actually wasn't sure. I should have checked this uh, when God of War two came out because um, that came out in two thousand seven. So I I'm surprised that it took this long to get uh, to get that um, sort of interlude between one and two. Like this this came out after three, actually. Um, oh, interesting. God of War three came out in two, in early 2010. And then this came out 
at the end of that year. Well, we'll and circle back to that in in just a second. Let's get the uh, let's get the numbers out of the way. So, God of War: Ghost of Sparta was originally released in North America on November second, twenty ten. And this is the sixth installment of the God of War franchise. The game was later re-released. Was later re- <laughs> the game was later released along with its PSP predecessor, God of War: Chains of Olympus, on the PS3 as part of the God of War Origins collection. Uh, and this game is also notable for winning Best Handheld Game, Best PSP Game, and PSP Game of the Show at E3 2010. So that's some high praise. We'll see if the game lives up to it. Um, And now we're going to move into the story, which is I wanted to circle back to. Uh, You said this came out after the third one, but I've never played two or three. Does it feel, or I've never played one, two, or three. Does it feel like there's something missing between one and two? You said, like, you couldn't believe that they waited this long to tell this story. Did it feel like it wasn't there? Not exactly. I mean, funny enough, the end of one and the beginning of two seem like they they uh, one ends on the same shot that two starts in. Sure. However, this game also starts from that same shot. Kratos is sort of sitting on this this throne uh, that he's taken from from Ares. Um, I didn't feel like there was something missing. So going into this, I was like, what 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 is the story going to tell me? Um, and I was actually surprised at what they were able to flesh out. And, you know, they go into some stuff in Kratos's past that was nice to, nice to see. There's some family stuff going on beyond, um, the big reveal that you kind of, uh, get in the beginning of, of, uh, God of War two, which uh, is as far as who his father is, uh, and they they give him that information within this game. So without, I, I guess, without me diving too far into the story of this one, hmm. uh, there was plenty to tell uh, that you know was in this nice little compact story that they that they found a way to. I'm going to say shoehorn. Shoehorn is kind of a derogatory term, but they 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 were able to fit this in between something that didn't really seem like it had a gap. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's, it's it's, from what you're describing, it sounds like a super clever fix. Cause how do you tell a story between a game that ends and starts the same way, you Mm -hmm. know, with one and two Uh, and the fact that they were able to weave to me, a pretty important story in Kratos's, life journey i guess <laughs> like seems pretty uh impactful uh the, the way they were able to weave that in there uh, so seamlessly is is pretty uh impressive to say the least yeah for sure uh but what is that story well i'm gonna summarize this as best i can and by summarize i mean copy and paste what the wiki thing said <laughs> says the story is set between God of War and God of War 2 and has Kratos visiting the long lost city of Atlantis and also details more about his past which he seeks to unravel and also learns that his long lost mother and brother Demos are alive tantalizing so yeah it brings in the, the family aspect I did want to ask you because uh, you talk about his father in the second one did they mention anything? Uh, I'm trying to not spoil anything. Uh, 
in regards to Athena, there's some pretty big revelations that come at the end of the game. Is that like common knowledge or is that something that is revealed in this game? Do you know about that in the, the console games? Some, uh, trying to recall. Maybe what it I'm is. just Maybe. an idiot and wasn't paying attention. Okay, spoiler alert. So Athena is Kratos's sister. Well, that yeah, that would make sense based off of who Kratos's father is. Right. Okay. Yes. I don't know who is who's his father. Well. Oh no! Wait! Athena's... Don't don't spoil it. That, we're getting <laughs> off topic. Let's get let's get back to the game. Okay. So that's the story of the game. It's pretty cut and dry. Um. And as we talk about the game, I, I want to try something new uh, this month for the podcast, something that maybe I'll, I'll do going forward. Uh, instead of just kind of rambling on about the game, what we thought, the, these thoughts, I wanted to kind of hone it in. And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the pros and the cons of the game, right? Simple pros, cons, easy. Uh, you on board with that, Musty? Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Fantastic. Well, why don't we start with the pros, right? You you start with the sweet, and then you go to the bitter. You finish with the bitter. So pros. The first pro I have is the length of the game. Uh, the game can easily be completed between five and six hours, which to me is the perfect amount for a portable game, especially after how long last month's game was, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. That was way longer than I thought it would be. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree that from a portable perspective, uh, yeah, I, I do feel like it, w it was appropriate uh, for that. Um, having looking at looking at this uh, from a, a console player perspective, though, I have this as both a pro and a con for me personally, uh, <laughs> in that in that I like the fact that it was uh, fairly short by God of War standards, but at the same time. I wanted more, uh, and maybe that's a more of a testament to some of the other aspects of the game that I, I, I had hoped that it would have gone on a little bit longer, or that maybe they could have made this a 10-hour game instead of a 6-hour game, uh, but uh, I, I feel like it was easily digestible for somebody who is you know, playing other games uh, and, you know, or, and or juggling other uh, game of the month responsibilities, you know, it was, it was the right, uh, yeah, it was the right entree size for me. Uh, <laughs> Question, so how long are the console versions of God of War typically? So if I recall, one and two were between, I think, 12 and 16 hours apiece. Okay. Roughly. Uh, I also have not played those in a number of years, but um, the newest one on the other hand uh was significantly longer um uh if you did some of the extra stuff but like um right. god of war 2 yeah god of war 2 was about 12 hours okay, god of so war, it's it's roughly about half the yeah. length that a typical console version is yes yeah. okay well this is perhaps a good way to segue into another pro i have that i love about the god of war series and i wished more games did this in that it's a very fluid game. It's not marked by levels or worlds. It just keeps going on, right? 
and you you just keep playing through it, and it makes for a really addictive uh, gameplay experience. You you want to keep going because there's no there's no end point. It, it doesn't ever feel like this is a good moment to to take a break. You know, you have your save points, but you're in the middle of stuff most. Most times you're you're en route to Atlantis or Sparta or here or there wherever you're going, and I love that. I don't know, Musty. What do you think about that? I, I I agree. One of the advantages to this being on the PSP is also the fact that even you know because yes, those save points are huge mile markers for you, and like there would be times when it'd be like, okay, I'm, I've hit that one. I should put this down for the night. But the nice thing about the PSP is that you can put it into sort of sleep mode. So even if you're between those, as long as you have adequate power or maybe you have it plugged in and charging, uh, you 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 can stop whenever you need to. Uh, but it still encourages you to just, you know, oh, there wasn't, maybe there was five minutes between the last save point and this save point. I can play for another five minutes. Uh, and so, it yeah, it does really encourage that, but there's no... Uh, there's no real breaks. You don't get uh, you get some big story element points, but they don't really ever uh, stop you and be like you're not staring at loading screens uh, or, or things like that, which which they do in you know, a lot of other games. Yeah, and you know, speaking of save points and and just checkpoints in general, I love that you can die in any point of the game and you start basically right where you died uh you know you might go have to go back to the beginning of whatever battle you you died in but you don't have to go back very far you don't have to go to the last save point you don't it's like whatever room you just stepped into you're gonna start right there again and you know as a i I died a lot in this game uh and as someone who dies frequently in games i always appreciate that yeah and and they do a good job of keeping that in the background, right? And and when you when you die, you have that option to restart at the checkpoint or restart at the last save or just quit altogether, uh, which is nice because you know if you if you have restarted at this checkpoint over and over again, and maybe you're just not, uh, maybe there's something that you you feel like maybe you missed, and you, you can sometimes kind of go back. I'd never felt the need. To. Right, me, uh, me neither. No, I just kept. Especially those, ahead. those, the boss battle example is, I think, the best thing, and, and it's fairly quick to get you back into the game. Uh, so it's got kind of it has that going for it, and that it, it's not. You don't feel overly punished if you die. Correct. Yeah. Musty, you want to take uh, the next pro? I feel like I'm I'm leading the charge, but uh, why don't I let you take over? Yeah, uh, so the next one uh, we have here is is the difficulty, uh, and and this kind of goes for all of the uh, the God of War games is that the they start you off uh, fairly easy. You you have kind of a nice opening introduction that that brings in all the mechanics and uh, ramps things up over time. You just you you start off with it. You know, here's a few uh, basic enemies, and then and then you know let let me show you how to get really good at destroying those guys. And then let's add somebody who's a little more complex, and and they continue to ramp that up, and that continues throughout the entire story. By the you know two thirds of the way, those initial enemies are are an afterthought. Um, you're just not running into them anymore. You're dealing with these you know large uh, mini bosses that aren't even. Uh, referred to as such but they just end up throwing multiples of those at you so uh 
yeah, I think this this falls in suit with with those those that original trilogy as well. It's just uh, really well paced from a difficulty standard. Yeah, and I think um, that goes hand in hand with, like, say, the weapons, which I put as another pro, um, and upgrading the weapons. I think there's a really great pace to the collecting of the orbs and the upgrades. By the end of the game, you may not have everything completely maxed out and upgraded, but it definitely feels like you make a lot of progress and you don't have to work too hard to do that. And I don't mean that in a, it's too easy sort of way. I just mean some, some games it feels like, I guess it comes down to grinding. It doesn't feel like you have to grind a lot. I hate grinding in games. Yeah, I I like the fact that you don't have to upgrade everything. In fact, you're probably doing yourself a disservice if you try to upgrade everything. If you split the difference between everything instead of focusing. Yeah, if you find you, you you find that that combination that really works for you. Most most enemies if if you have upgraded, you know, you you'll obviously want to upgrade your your primary weapon the the blades of uh the blades of chaos. You'll you want to get those as powerful uh, as possible. Sorry, Musty. It's the Blades of Athena. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Busted. Um, Nerd the, alert. You threw me off. There you go. Uh, you'll you'll want to upgrade those as much as possible. But there's some other sub-weapons that, that you uh, really... If you throw an extra experience into them, I don't know that you're, you're going to take that over this... Um, you know, like find find one magic type that you really really like using, and right. focus all of your all of your effort into that. Or uh, one of the nice weapon upgrades that they added to this was the uh, the fire. Uh, Thera's bane. Yes, um, I really liked having that. Um, so so the way that that one would work is it had its own meter, and this was not this was not something that they did in, in prior or latter games. Uh, Oh really? You had your yeah yeah yeah. You had the fire meter, and when you held down the right trigger, uh, you would imbue the blades with this 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 fire, which helped with some puzzles and also uh, helped break through like armored enemies. Um, and it, it just made your attacks stronger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, uh, that I, I really to liked. me, I I man, I pushed that one as much as I could with with uh, with experience points. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Uh, it's funny actually playing through. Before I realized you could upgrade anything else, I was just upgrading my my blades, and when I maxed them out, I was like, "Oh, what, what do I do now?" And then I realized, "Oh, you can upgrade everything." I had only been doing the blades the whole time. I didn't even realize you could upgrade the arms of Sparta and Thera's bane and all that stuff. Uh, so I got to that pretty late in the game. Um, but yeah, that Thera's Bane was the very next thing I upgraded. Those two go hand in hand, and you use them all the time throughout the game. Musty? Yes. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. I got I got distracted for a second. Was I was looking your... up Blades of Chaos because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't speaking incorrectly. <laughs> hey, man, I copy and pasted this from the wiki, so... It might be called something else in one of your fancy console versions, but it's the friggin' Blades of Athena in this game. Yes. All right. So okay. uh, we, we, <laughs> I believe you. I believe you for the moment. 
<laughs> we talk about the weapons. We talk about the upgrades. Another pro I got is the story. This is a great story. And how do you know that? Because the first thing you do in this game, the first you know, big moment you have is you kill your mother. That's heavy stuff right there. Uh, and that's your that's your first boss fight. Right? Your first main boss fight, I guess. That isn't like just a, a monster. Your first real character that has some depth to it. Um, yeah. I, I, I think it's great how well they have taken the uh, Greek mythos and found ways to weave that into, into this because up until this point, we had really no knowledge of who Kratos's, uh, who Kratos's mother was. Mm -hmm. uh, if, you, if you'd played the other console ones, you already knew who, the, who his father was. Um, but, you know, now we know, okay, it's, here's Callisto, and this is, uh, you know, a, a name that is familiar to those who are really kind of steeped in that lore, and I don't, I'm not going to pretend that I know that. But even some of the other bosses, um, there's uh, Scylla, uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yep. Um, who is from? If you've watched uh, the Odyssey, the Odyssey. There you go. Um, Scylla and Charybdis are the two uh, the monstrosities that they have to that they have to get past. And much like they do in, so the beginning of the first game opens up, and you're fighting against uh, you're fighting against a Hydra. Um, and in this one, you're you're getting the, that kind of big set piece boss battle to start there but then the first really close encounter uh with a named human um is that is that fight against kratos's mother and it it's uh it's a it's a good test for what's coming for sure right and i guess we can just talk about the bosses now because that's another pro i i have in my pro column is the boss fights there's not very many in this game but when they do happen i had a lot of fun with them you know you you kind of have it's it's like x files you know you got your your um mythology episodes and then you're like monster of the week episodes right mm -hmm. and so with the monster of the week bosses you got scylla um the the piraeus lion i believe which is like a big lion essentially um, and that, and then that's pretty much it. And then as far as the mythology ones, you got Callisto, as we mentioned, uh, Irinis, I don't know. I don't know if I'm saying that right, which is the daughter of the God of death, Thanatos, uh, who ends up being the final boss and then, uh, Demos, your brother. So not only do you fight and kill your mother, you also fight your brother. It's just a whole family affair here. And God of war goes to Sparta. Did you have a favorite, uh, boss fight at all? I think the one that I enjoyed the most was uh, the one with Erinice. However, we're going to go with, with, right. with her. Um, she's kind of this winged uh, harpy-like being, but she's like that fight was, to me, that fight was one of the first major challenges that I came across. Um, up to that point, I felt like I was pretty comfortable with it. And uh, again, Having experience in the in the franchise before, I, I would expect that it would be uh, smooth sailing at least to a point. Um, but she she was a real test, and she had you know multiple phase. Uh, one of the cool things about about the series is they've gone overly cinematic with uh, what are effectively, 
I'll say the 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 bad word, which is quick time events. Uh, but they they changed the whole makeup of this battle specifically because you you go to to ripping off both of her wings individually uh and then you know entirely changes her attack attack patterns and um the magic that she uses against you uh and the reward that you get for taking her out i thought was uh very useful and it's uh one that uh one that i kind of shifted all of my focus to from a magic standpoint uh from that point on to the end of the game I agree. That was my favorite fight. That was the one where she turned into the big bird and you kind of like chased her through the sky, right? Like you were like falling towards her. Yes. Yeah. yeah that was, there really was fun. That, that that whole big sequence uh, to to end it, which in in true God of War fashion, um, you know, really kind of nailed it. There was one point where you're sort of diving down, mm-hmm. uh, chasing after her, and you're having to dodge the you know rocks and things like that. That's all. It was uh, really well put together, and again, it all kind of happens without, you know, needing breaks. It just kind of flows right from here's this arena to all of a sudden you're you're soaring through the air after this uh, this bird woman. Yeah. You got another I, uh, pro for us, Musty? We're getting another the end. pro. Let's see. I do want to talk about how well this performed graphically for me. And part of this is, I think, maybe inexperience for me on the PSP. I don't play, I think the last PSP game that I played uh, might have been Final Fantasy IV uh, last year for the for CC Prime, uh, or maybe Parappa before that. And so, like, I, I, I just don't give that system much love at all. Um, but from a graphic standpoint, I feel like this did a good job of capturing the same uh, level of polish that the uh, mainline games do, uh, even though it was in, you know, in handheld format. Yeah, and along with that, I, I'm just amazed. There's like no loading times on these things. Yeah, Which, for like a miniature disc game, I would. You know, and like I, th- I always think of original PlayStation. They had some of the longest loading times, and this just you, you might wait a couple seconds and it loads. It's I love it. Yeah, there's a lot of smart behind the scenes stuff that's going on, uh, and it's funny because that was the big one of the big selling points of of this this year's PS4 release was that oh, it's one singular cut. There's no loading at all. Yeah, and then when you go back and you look at at games like this one or games like the original console ones, like they mask those loading times really well. They're still happening; they have to happen, but they're happening while you're, you know, shimmying along along a wall or you're uh, climbing up, uh, you know, a uh, a cliff face or or something to that effect, and uh, in which they can keep they can keep you engaged to not have you sitting there doing nothing while while it tries to catch up with itself and so uh yeah they 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 did a really good job of making sure that that wasn't just something that the ps2 and ps3 could do and that the psp was also capable of spinning that stuff up fast enough to basically eliminate it Mm-hmm. and the final pro i have that we'll end with uh is the brothel 
And this was probably my favorite part of the game. Uh, when you finally get to Sparta, you are walking around like a total baller that Kratos is, and he goes up to this brothel, and he goes inside, and there's, I don't know, what would you call this, a little mini-game or um, a real-time event thing where you're... <laughs> we'll uh, book, we'll you're, call it an event, yes. An event. You're getting biblical <laughs> with... Uh, it's got to be like 20 women at this brothel. They keep the the better you do, the more women jump into bed off screen with Kratos and he's having a heck of a time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it, it was one of the points I I I just outright busted into laughter because it's so previous games have have done it but it's always been it's always been, you know, maybe two at most, maybe if maybe three or four, but not this constant like flow of more and more uh women it was it was comical to say the least and listen we're a we're a classy show here you know and we we try and keep it pg for the kids but man that was a lot of boobies (laughs) (laughs) so many boobies yeah well i mean it's an an m-rated game for a reason and they delivered in spades uh, so there you go. That's our pros. But now it's time, uh-oh, for the dreaded cons of the game. Musty, you want to start us off with the cons? Yeah. So one of the biggest ones, uh, and and I feel like we, we have a mutual uh, opinion on this one, is that some of the controls are a little bit uh, challenging, to say the least. Uh, I think I want... I, one of the things that I, I I realize is that yes, there are ways to play this game with uh, on a PS3, which I assume would then map things to a PS3 controller. When you go to the PSP, you are losing two shoulder buttons, you're losing uh, a second thumbstick, and I mean we could be totally honest, we're really losing all the thumbsticks because the thumbstick on this PSP is uh, <sighs> less less than ideal uh, for for any. And I know you've got some thoughts there too. I hate, I hate the placement of the thumbstick on the PSP. The the PSP is designed, it's got the D-pad right in the most comfortable spot. The game should be designed with the D-pad being the main control you're going to use for the game. But no, we're using the thumbstick, which makes sense. A thumbstick is more suited to God of War. But if that's the case, and if that's the games you want to make, put the thumbstick where the D-pad is. Because it, I couldn't play this game for more than a half an hour, especially with how frenetic the gameplay is, without my hands cramping up. It was terrible. I, I, th- This, to me, is a major, major negative. Uh, con. This is a big one for me. Probably the biggest. The controls suck. There's there's no getting yeah. around that. I cannot defend it. They suck. Yeah, I mean some of the other elements like dodging was not easy. Uh, yep. Dodging you had to you had to hold both triggers and then flick the thumbstick at the same time. Uh, but I found myself there were moments when I wanted to use uh, the uh, the fire of Thera, and at the same time I wanted to or. There is Bane. I'll get it right this time. Uh, I wanted to use There is Bane, but I wanted to use the attacks that had me also holding the left, uh, the left trigger, 
And if I was moving at the same time, I would roll instead of doing the attack. Yeah, and I would often do the same thing. I would I'd make the wrong move. Or I would dodge. I would dodge a lot when I didn't mean to dodge. I was trying to do something else, like there is Bane, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah not, for not sure. good. One of the other things I found that I, I didn't like about how they mapped these things was the uh, placement of the magic controls on the d-pad because you would have to take your thumb off of the thumbstick Mm -hmm. to press a button to enable magic that then uh, depending on which magic you used uh, some of them you didn't have to aim it but uh, the eye of atlantis for example uh, is one that uh, you enable it and then it shoots in a direction for a predetermined amount of time, and then you can aim it uh, from enemy to enemy as needed. The problem is you've, you've taken your thumb off the stick, then you enable the magic, and then the magic might not be pointing in the right direction, so then you have to get back to the thumbstick and, and, and swing that around to hit what you want to hit. And it's just, uh, it's a lot of extra movement where I think if you had had an R2 or an L2, you could have enabled those without having to lose control of Kratos in the process. Agreed. And speaking yeah. of the magic, whereas I thought the weapons were really fun, I I didn't I wasn't feeling the same vibe for the magic. I rarely use the magic. That was the last thing I upgraded once I did the arms of Sparta and the blades and Thera's Bane and stuff. I, I I rarely use the magic in battle and I didn't feel it gave me much of an advantage. Do you feel that way? Uh, I will say two of the three, yes. Uh, the Eye of Atlantis was not reliable enough for me, and, and I would waste time when I activated it in the way that I was mentioning before. And the Horn uh, of Boreas, which is the wind power, I didn't bother with that. And mm-hmm. that you get so late in the game that if you really wanted to level it up, you have to devote power, all of your orbs to to leveling that um, right however the scourge the scourge of Irenaeus, um i liked that one because it handled crowd control pretty well for me okay. um because when you uh when you release it it's sort of this orb that that almost um uh, it's almost heat seeking to the enemies uh and so it would help me if i have a crowd of people around me to throw that out there because I could be damaging multiple enemies, even the ones I'm not focusing on attacking right now, uh, and also keep them from converging on me at the same time. Um, so I did like that one, but I, I could definitely see how how if you're maybe that you sort of get those moments when you pick up uh, a magic item where they're like, you have unlimited magic, go for it. Um, and if if that doesn't go well uh, for you, and if you just if you don't really get a good groove with those magics it's pretty easy to to walk away from them and i mean with the physical weapons the way that they are in this game i totally get why you could skip the magic Uh, yeah you don't need it those are just so much fun to use that that this is this could be an afterthought um maybe if they were mapped differently maybe you know those become more accessible to you um yeah Hmm. Uh, i i did want to mention there you know there is the magic there's also some items that you get throughout the game uh, that are the the relics of the gods. And so these are sort of elements that pop up during major story points. None of these really 
felt like they were off the beaten path to me. Like you get one from uh, Callisto, you get one from uh, you run across King Midas at one point, uh, and you get the king's the king's ring. However, the moment that you pick these things up, it says beat the game to use this item. Uh, and so what these were were effectively ways to enable cheats in your new game plus. Uh, they had nothing to do with your initial playthrough. Uh, and I, I found that kind of frustrating because they could have added more physical weapons or they could have added more magic types. Uh, but instead, they just give you something that it's like, it's, it's like, ooh, there's a shiny thing on the ground and I picked it up and it's something that I can't use yet. And now I'm going to have uh, to play the game again to right. use it. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, short game, easy to pick up. And I'm sure, sure. that there's, I'm sure you can have plenty of fun with, with your second playthrough of the game. Um, some of them, like uh, the King's Ring, for example, gives you orb uh, accumulation at a value of 10 times. Um, so you could Ooh, go through, like go that. into that second playthrough and just level things like crazy. Um, there's one that gives you unlimited magic. There's one that, um, I think there's one that like auto completes uh, quick time events, especially in boss battles. Uh, funny. So, you'd... yeah. So the, I get why they're there. They could have been things that they just said were unlocked at the completion screen for the game and not made them, not made them something that's, it's just a tease. It's, uh, you know, for, for that, for that second, uh, that, that second playthrough that they're expecting you to then go through. Right. Uh, and, right. And some people just don't have the time for that. Um, I certainly don't. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, some people don't, don't also, I guess, found... Uh, one thing that I found... I lost my good segue there. One, one thing that I found <laughs> was, was a little bit about the pacing. So uh, I should talk about collectibles as well, along the lines of the relics. Collectibles that you'll find uh, in this game are Phoenix Feathers, Minotaur Horns, and Gorgon Eyes. And each of these, when you collect a certain number of them, will expand your the bar for the corresponding health magic or uh, the fire for Thera's Bane. Uh, and usually in, in the other God of War games, these aren't always... Uh, they aren't always something that you just walk right across. They're usually something that's you know off the beaten path, or maybe it's down this path on the left, although the way out is to the right. Uh, but I found that there were times when I would come up to a save spot, and there's a save spot, and across from the save spot are two chests. One had a Gorgon eye, and one had a Minotaur horn. And I was just like, you're just handing them to me at this point. Um, if if I was silly enough to skip them, then I guess that's that's on me. But I never felt like they were so uh, they weren't rewards for exploration. They were um, almost like were reminders. Like, hey, remember, look for these guys too. Yeah, yeah. So even I mean, though it, they are never very hard to find. Right. Even even just following the main, you know, w without ever doing any any uh, alternative traversal, I, I almost always found I, I think I was nearly maxed out on everything. I may have missed one or two along the way, and, and I wasn't trying that hard to find them in the process. Yeah. Well, I don't have a good segue, but we do have one con left. 
and that is that the game is just pretty repetitive. Now, that kind of goes without saying. It is a hack-and-slash game, and much like hack-and-slash or beat-em-ups, it's going to be kind of repetitive because that's all you're doing is going around and hacking and slashing guys. Uh, but I, I don't know. It just felt like every... It, it was you would do the same five things over and over, rinse and repeat, and it would just get harder. Yeah, I, I, I would I would agree. You get into a rhythm with it. I, I guess you kind of find what works for you because I, I would bet that your repetitive looked different than my repetitive. Sure. Um, but uh, I I I can definitely see how once you kind of fall into a pattern, and I guess it's also a byproduct of how the controls are, right? If you if there's something that feels right. When when you're when you're um, playing the game, you should continue to do that. Well, and I don't mean just the controls, though. Like just you fight. Okay, you fight. You know, kind of the grunt peep, grunt grunt soldiers. You get Mm -hmm. you fight a bunch of those, and then the next battle, it's like oh, you fight an O or a cyclops and a bunch of the grunts. Though this one has some griffins or whatever or medusas and grunts. It's like you kept doing the same battles over and over with just more. As the game went on, I guess. It, it's like they kind of rolled some dice and said, okay, we'll put three of these guys in right. this one. Right. And six of these guys. And, oh, let's throw in the fire harpies at the process. Yeah. Uh, I will say that there was there was a battle at one point that I thought I might need to just stop. Uh, because it was two Cyclops and a bunch of those, like, spidery enemies. Um, it was in this, like, icy area. Um, okay. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, it felt like it was probably about halfway through the game. But those Cyclops were way overpowered for what they were doing because they would just sort of grab at you and toss you. And I never felt like I could evade that uh, that grab from them. Because you were well. in like a small so space or, was, you know, It was a quarters. very small space. Yeah. Yeah, so it was like, how quickly can I take out the first Cyclops and not get shot at, you know, shot acid at me by these, uh, by these spiders in the process. Uh, and I started to figure things out because the spiders. So quick tip, if you know exactly where I'm at, or if you're getting stuck at this moment as well, the spiders, uh, if you grab them and, and rip them to pieces, uh, you are granted invulnerability from the grab that happens or any other smashing attack from the Cyclops. So if you keep those guys in close proximity, the moment they start to swing for you, you grab one of the spiders and they, they either stop the grab entirely, uh, which is convenient. It just took, it took a while to figure that out. Oh, I spammed the heck out of that. I started doing that all the time. Like the circle button became my favorite mm-hmm. button of the entire game <laughs> because of that. The harpies were the same way. You know, you'd get six yep. or seven of them around you. You're just like, rip, bye-bye, bye-bye wings, rip, bye-bye yep. wings. And just, yep, one after another. Yeah. It's nice It's nice when you don't have the little guys to worry about in the process. but um, Which a part of me is like, oh, I figured out this easy thing. But at the same time, it kind of makes the game feel a little bit broken. Like, should it be that easy? I don't know. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not sure if they they intended for it to go that way, but I mean, you figure out what works. Uh, it, you know, if the game keeps beating you down, and there's a way that you can find a way to get through it, that you know, then go for it. Yeah. Well, I think we have weighed up the pros and the cons, which means one thing, Musty. Are you ready? 
for the three questions of doom. Yes. All right. Yes, question number one. Is this a good portable game? I, if I have to, if I have to give a singular answer, I'm going to say no. Um, because I feel like we, we've kind of hit on a couple things, right? I think, I think this would have been mapped to a better, uh, console controller. Uh, that I think is probably the, the, the main thing for me there. Cause every, everything else hits, uh, the the story is is great and really uh, the story doesn't make or break it being a portable game really it comes down to is the form factor right and for me i'm one who uh, i've said it a few times how just i don't portable much at all uh and i wanted to i wanted to give myself the authentic experience because i knew this question was coming and uh and having now played it on there I'm, i'm interested to see if it feels different playing it on a ps3 uh and i i have a feeling it might i have a feeling that some of our complaints might might be remedied by that but uh to me i think i i think the length of the game suits itself to portable but i feel like the controls which is oh so critical uh would have been better if it had been if it had been on a console which some people that's the only way that they've ever played it, and that's that's totally fine. Well, I am going to agree with you. Um, I do portable a lot, and so I think I'm a fairly good judge of if it's a good portable game or not. And if I had the choice, uh, having played it now, I think I would opt or I would recommend that you try it on the PS3, even having not played the PS3 version, but knowing that the game and the franchise is more suited to perhaps home consoles, um, I, I would recommend the PS3 version. Yeah, I'm with you there. Question number two, should this game belong in your collection? And now I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clarify this. Because we were just talking about the PS3 verse. Does should God of War Ghost of Sparta on the PSP belong in your collection? Because this is CC portable after all. Sure. I think I'm still going to say yes. Uh, I mean, for me, it's it is now part of my PSP collection, which is fairly uh, modest by by in comparison to some of the other collections that I have. Um, I'm glad that I found it. Now, interesting thing about the PSP version, there are uh, it, there are two different ways that you can find this. Um, if you, the more common version is uh, the uh, the disc itself in a cardboard sleeve, which was, I believe, a pack-in with the PSP, mm-hmm. it's like a for for uh, not for resale type right. version. And then there is a more uh, hard to find actual boxed version of it. Um, and those I was seeing on eBay, for example, going for quite a bit more, uh, than, than these sleeved ones. I lucked out, uh, when I went out to, to Portland and Seattle, uh, just, just in October, I managed to find a store that had it, uh, in the case at the 
sleeve price. Uh, and so I was hmm. happy to find that. I still think it's it, it I still think it is worth having I, I, I would rather you have it than not have it, right? Like if if you don't have a PS three, then yes, absolutely you should have it um in your in your collection if you're a PSP player. Um I suppose if all things being equal, if you uh tend to gravitate more toward console stuff, maybe Maybe you should get it there instead, but that's not your question. Your question's about the PSP version. For the record, I also have the harder-to-find boxed version, uh, so I'm very proud of that. I did not know that that was harder to find. Uh, but back to the question, I'm going to say no, it doesn't belong in your collection, because I think, will I ever play this game again? And I don't know if I will. Would I play it on the PS3? Probably, but I don't think I'll ever get it in me to to try and play this one again. That's okay. I mean, you you're not even going to go back to figure out with all what all those relics do. I no, because I no. just no. Maybe on the PS3 one day. Maybe on the PS3. Question number three. Out of five, five being perfect. How would you rate this game? So I would. Uh... I would give this a three out of five with the biggest detractors being controls. Although the, the story itself is so strong to me, like if the, if it would have fallen to a four, if the, um, if the controls had been there or if it, if it had had slightly better um, control scheme, yeah, I think. so I'm I'm gonna go with three, and I wasn't gonna ask you if you do half points here because <laughs> thank goodness, because you know we don't do half points on CCP Portable, CC Portable. That could also stand for CC Prime. I needed to make sure we all understand when I say CCP, I'm talking about CC Portable. I was the first CCP. Uh, I'm gonna give it a three as well, and it's man, those controls really bothered me. Uh, that that really hurt it for me. Yeah, I mean, any any game that has you hand cramping within an hour of gameplay probably isn't uh, isn't ideal for for uh, yeah for that exact control scheme. So I don't want to dwell on that too much. But agreed. But Musty, you and I both know it doesn't matter what we think. It matters what you guys think out there in Cartridge Club world. And I asked you to submit your two-word reviews on Twitter, and we got some great two-word reviews this month, and we're going to go through them right now. Musty, you want to you wanna lead us off? Sure. Just going straight down from the top? Yep. Okay. Uh, the first two-word review we have is from Scott's Game Asylum, who says, Hand cramps. Uh, I'm not, that, that's, yep, that, that, yep. We were just talking about that. <laughs> that aligns. <laughs> yeah. No dispute there. Buried on Mars says, I can't. Now, I believe it's because he had intended on playing this on the PS3, cheater, but he was still going to play it. Uh, but he, his mother is visiting, I believe, and Netflix is on the PS3, and so he put the PS3 with Netflix in his mother's room. Ergo, he could not play the CC Portable Game of the Month. See, if he had had it on his PSP, then he just could have played along. 
I know. Way to go, Buried on Mars. You really blew it this time. <laughs> well, he might not be the only one who blew it. Uh, Matt Bandy says uh, his two-word review is no time. I guess he's just too busy for us. You know, he used to be one of the biggest CC Portable supporters ever. And now he's just saying he, he has no time. <laughs> Whatever, Matt Bandy. Whatever. Jeffrey Hilliard? I don't know Self destructo. Right. Oh, that's. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, he says, not great. I mean, I wouldn't. I, I, I guess I wouldn't agree entirely, but. Maybe he, he saw some of the same negatives that we saw. Yes, perhaps. And he's just a little harsher than us. Potentially. Uh, next up, we have Josh Leslie, whose two-word review is "He Angry." Yes, I agree. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of Kratos, I would assume. Yes, uh, and Chris R follows that up with Kratos Smash. Love it. That kind of works on two levels. If you think it's like a smash hit, and then he also is like smashing things in the game. So oh, I can see that. Pretty clever, Chris R. He is a clever guy. Next up, we have Stumptown Retro, whose two-word review is pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. That's what I think. Every time I hear pretty good, that's all I think about. Do you watch <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm? No. Oh, so Larry David, one of his like catchphrases on the show is he says, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, that's all. That's all I think of. Uh, and then finally, Game Boy Guru, who I just want to point out... Uh, posted a lot on the forums this month kind of as he was playing through the game and I really appreciate that I I, I, I encourage that and um, I just want to thank you Game Boy Guru for kind of letting us follow you on your journey through this game so there you go uh, and he says gorgeous action which there is yes that's 100% true the action in this game is great which I suppose leads to me or you, Musty. Sure. Um, would you like to go? I'll, I'll leave it up to you. Or do would you like yeah, me to go? Yeah, first? that's fine. That's fine. Okay. Uh, so my two-word review is bite-sized Kratos. I assume you're throwing a hyphen in the middle of bite-size. Yes. To make it a two-word review instead of a three-word review. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If you don't, if, here, you know what? I'll, we'll, we'll do this. How about mini Kratos? Okay. All right. I think you might have a little too much CC Prime rubbing off on you. Uh, you know what I said? I said, I asked a question. Sometimes I like to ask questions with my two-word review. And my question was, brothel spinoff? I mean, nice. can you go wrong with that? That's I I would bet I would bet you can find a few games uh, that maybe aren't don't sell quite as well that uh, that might be able to <laughs> fulfill that uh, that call for uh, spinoff. Fair enough, fair enough. You know, speaking of, there is a game on the PSP I'm looking for. I believe it's called Pocket Pool. But if anyone knows a way I can get that, let me know. No big deal. Moving on. 
that's what you guys thought. And of course, if you liked this game, I like to keep you guys rolling. If you're feeling that God of War, you gotta you gotta get your fix of God of War. Um, after this game, I'm gonna recommend you also play God of War: Chains of Olympus, which is an easy recommendation. It's the other God of War game on the PSP. And I actually I've played both of them. I actually think Chains of Olympus is harder. Interesting. So I I have not. So if you're looking for a, a more of a challenge, try that one out. I I uh, I th- and I would actually say I think I think I like that one more. I don't know. I don't know. But check it out. I don't remember having as many issues with that one as I did this one. So uh, play it and find out for yourself. And that's it for God of War: Ghost of Sparta. Woo! We this is going to be a little bit longer than normal, Musty, but. Uh, I guess it was worth it. You know, this is a, a God-sized episode. That was dumb. Yeah. There was also three minutes of me talking to my child, too. So. <laughs> and we're keeping all of that in. Dang it. That is all in. Uh, why don't we talk about what's coming up? We got we got some good games coming up here in the CC Portable. I'm very excited for. Uh, as I mentioned last episode... We have our December Advent Calendar game coming up. And what does that mean? Well, we're playing a compilation game. And we're sticking on the PSP. So hopefully we can get some better controls for this game. And we are playing Capcom Classics Collection Remixed. That's a mouthful. Say that five times fast. But it's got 20 games on it from Capcom. Can't go wrong with Capcom. This is like back when they were in their heyday. You could play one game every day of the month. You'd have to play a couple games twice. But the idea was to like you know mix it in with the advent calendar. I like it. It's a good. It's a good choice. And and there are two different collections on the PSP, right? So there are. There are. But we're playing the remixed one. And you know, a part of it one. is okay. I also want to talk about, and the reason I picked this game because it's not really a game that was made for portable systems. You know, all these games were made for arcades and home consoles. And I don't like to pick games that do that. I like games that were designed for the. Um, portable console first however the psp was known for being such a huge compilation system there are so many compilations on the psp and i want to kind of dive into that as well so i figured i'd pick the capcom classics collection we can play some great games and talk about all the other compilations that are out there for the psp also for the december game of the month how could i forget i almost almost missed out on this completely we're going to be doing a contest with the advent calendar, who can beat the most games? So you got the month of December to try and beat as many games on the Capcom Classics Collection Remixed uh, as you possibly can. And you post it to Twitter. You use the hashtag CCPortable. And the person that beats the most games will win a fabulous prize. But not just that. You're going to be playing against me. So if you want that prize, you're going to have to beat me because I'm going to be trying to beat as many games as I can just to beat you guys so I don't have to give you your fabulous prize. You hear me out there, Cartridge Club? You think you got what it takes? Well, we'll find out next month. And that's all I got to say about that, Musty. That's exciting. (laughs) Yeah. And then January, we're doing a double feature with CC Prime. And that is for Shantae. So CC Prime's going to be playing Shantae Half Genie Hero. Well, back on CCP, we're CC Portable. Dang it, I don't know why I say that. We're going to be playing Shantae, the original Shantae, the $400 game that you can get today for your Game Boy Color. But if you don't want to spend the $400, 
I'll let you know right now. It's like five bucks on the eShop for your 3DS. So you know, if you don't want to be super cool, I don't even own it. You're not. You would. I, I can't. You know, just go buy it on the eShop. That's how I got it. I think I know one person who actually owns the cart, and that's who. Uh, he will actually be a guest on our part on uh, CC Prime for the okay. month. Okay. Okay. We won't spoil it. We won't spoil it. Um, and now we finally get February's big reveal for the first time ever, talking about what's coming up in February. And when you think of February, what do you think of? Well, I think of Valentine's Day. Last year, we did our Who Do You Love poll, where we chose between Zelda or Samus. Samus ended up winning, and we played a Metroid game. Well, this year, I wanted to do something a little bit different for Valentine's Day. When I think of Valentine's Day, I think of Cupid's, right? Cupid's arrow, pulling people together, love, blah, 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 all that stuff. Well, when I think of Cupid's, this is a lot of connections here, folks. Bear with me. When I think of Cupid's, I think of none other than Kid Icarus. So for February, we are going to be playing the very controversial game that is Kid Icarus Uprising for the Nintendo 3DS. And you want to talk about some crazy controls. Well, I hear nothing but mixed reviews on that for this game. So we'll find out if that holds true in February when we play Kid Icarus Uprising. Musty thoughts. That's exciting. Uh, I don't think I've picked up a 3DS in uh, nearly forever. Fantastic. Do you have that game? No. I, I have it with the fancy holder and everything because it's so complicated to play. It even came with like a, a little holder that you set the 3DS on apparently. That is fascinating. I'm sure that'll make for some fun uh, control conversation. And actually, I have a 3DS XL. I don't even know if that would fit with the 3DS XL now that I think about it. I don't know. We'll find out. Stay tuned. That's coming up in February. Woo! Boom! Done! One more thing to do, and then we're getting out of here, and that is the plugs. So, like I said before, check out the forums at cartridgeclub.org, and please share your experiences alongside us, just like Game Boy Guru. Thank you for that. And always, you can find me on Twitter at CCPortableUnite, where you can let me know what games you'd like to play, or if you want to be a special guest like my good friend Musty here. And speaking of you, Musty, where can we find you? As if we don't already know. Yeah, so the best spot to find me on social media is on Twitter at MustyHobbit. You can check out the YouTube channel at uh, looking for the channel name Second Breakfast. Uh, and of course, uh, check out the CC Prime podcast, which is on the same feed as this one. Uh, and we uh, we rolling out with uh, some pretty exciting games over the next few months as well. Well, I'm very excited, and I think your game selection so far has been stellar, on point, primo. We we appreciate that, and we definitely are hoping to maintain that that uh, streak. Well. Here's all the best going forward with CC Prime. And once again, thank you for being here, Musty. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you again for having me. I look forward to doing this again sometime. Absolutely. You want to hit me with those words? CC Unite. You got it. Yay. We'll see you guys next month for... Oh, my gosh, I didn't change this in the outline. We'll see you guys next month for Capcom Classics Collection Remixed for the PSP. 